It's been a long day. I need a nice, hot, detox shower. Come on. Hello, I'm Jo and this is Bare Minimum. I'm joined this week by comedian and writer Molly Molshine. Hi, Molly. Hi, Jo. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. I'm really excited to have you on. It's kind of an unwritten rule with my podcast that all my all the women that appear on my podcast have to have Ollie names. I've had oh, really? Molly, I've had Holly, uh, <sighs> and now I have another Molly. So I guess I'm looking for um, like a Dolly or a Polly. You know, maybe I'll reach out to Dolly Parton next week. And see, and see if she'll come on. So yeah, absolutely happy uh, to have you here. Um, Molly is another one of my fairy pod mothers uh, because uh, you were the second podcast I appeared on. Well, the first one that I appeared on in person, I came to your flat in London and we did an episode. Molly's podcast is called Diva Behaviour. And uh, <laughs> I guess you, you focus on a, a diva at a time um, or actually the latest episode was kind of a bonus we did a deep dive into you. You, um, you I can't remember the, your guest's name. She, Alana Kaplan. Alana, she's a, a fantastic guest because she did uh, the cut article, right? About yeah, uh, uh, the pretty oral wild. history of Pretty Wild. Yeah, so interesting. I loved it. I loved uh, obviously watching Pretty Wild and anything that I can um, listen to that just deep dives into it. The one um, nugget that I found really interesting was that the producers actually <laughs> hid the dog from them to like extend some drama so yeah definitely um give molly's podcast a listen diva behavior on all podcast platforms um so yeah really happy to have you here um if you do listen to my episode we talked about mariah carey um and i was just like a deer in headlights and like i came on as a mariah stan and it turns out i know absolutely nothing about mariah carey no you were awesome and i loved you you were great and you (laughs) Your little soundbite was like one of the first things slash only things that ever went viral from my podcast. Stop. <laughs> so yeah, it was great. I loved it. Wow, I don't know how I managed to pull that off. But, uh, <laughs> um, and here I am with my own little baby pod. Um, so let's do this. So the thing that's on the top of a lot of people's minds at the moment is Black Lives Matter and we're all waking up to our white, well, white people are waking up to our white privilege and uh, just acknowledging it and acknowledging our unconscious biases and really um, trying to see what we can do to uh, eradicate racism. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, Molly is a white person and so am I. Um, so... I've been really, um, it's really nice to know uh, that you have been vocal on Instagram uh, regarding Black Lives Matter and promoting, um, you know, using your platform to uh, share knowledge. Um, So you've acknowledged your white privilege, which is gross. It's so disgusting that we have this. Um, Other than social media, what actions have you been doing to affect change in your, maybe your circle of friends and family or your local community? Um, And are your family sort of progressive or are you sort of the only woke one? So I have, in addition to social media stuff, I've been donating money and I went to a march. And other than that, I you know, don't really know what else to do. It's been so hard, especially being here because I am American. It's been so hard watching everything that's going on at home and feeling like I can't do enough, you know, because it's like you can only 
donate so much and you can only really post so much on Instagram and everything. But the one place that I do always try to make a difference, and this has been the case for a while, is calling people out. And like, I will ruin any party with calling out someone who says something fucked up. Like, I'm sure there have been times when I haven't noticed or I've let it slide. And I'm sure I've said messed up things too in the past, but like, I've always made it a big effort to try and call people out with that kind of stuff. That's really great to know. And like I've said on a previous episode, I've been doing that for a while with, um, like, oh, that's so gay. Like, I don't care, like, uh, how it ruins the mood or, Mm -hmm. you know, just upsets people at the time. But it's just like, knock it off, as Hilary Duff said in that um, that advert. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's great that you're not afraid just to say that's fucked up and, uh, you know, think about that. And it's like you, there's different ways of approaching it. And yeah, that's really good. And it starts at home and it starts and then people will yeah they will knock it off and uh change their ways yeah i think it's really just to quote the name of your podcast which i know comes up a lot it is the bare minimum right (laughs) like as a white person who grew up in an extremely white area where people are very ignorant about this stuff it's like you know you just have to that's the only thing i can do when i'm talking to them and you know i think something that changed for me recently is that i now truly don't care if I lose friends over it. You know, it used to be that I didn't, you know, I didn't have a lot of friends who would be racist because I would have called them out and I would not tolerate that. But now I absolutely don't care if someone decides to like unfriend me or leave my life because I'm just like, you know what, if guilt and shame are the only way to, and cutting those people out is the only way to get them to stop, then, you know, maybe that's a good thing. Amazing. I lost 700 followers just for posting Black Lives Matter. Like, how gross really? is that? Yeah. Well, you've been, that's crazy. You've been doing such a good job, especially with like balancing it out with the normal content that you post, because I think that's been a really hard thing for me to think, you know, can I still make jokes online? Can I still kind of post about the dumb shit that I'm doing and what should the balance be? You know, that part is really, it's like tough to know if you're going too far or going not far enough. And I feel like you've been really good with that. Yeah, no, I have been bracing myself for like, how are you posting this stupid meme when the world is on fire? But it's like, a lot of people do need a respite and, um, yeah. I don't know, I still love to make people laugh even though racism exists. And, uh, you know, I, I am doing my bid, like I'm emailing my MP and uh, trying to see what's going on. And yeah. Yeah. I, don't I, know, think, I, I just feel like, uh, yeah, I feel like a piece of shit, but. Mm. I know, I do too. But I think <laughs> also it is important to still keep up your regular content because the people who follow you are, a lot of them obviously are part of the Bravo fandom. And a lot of the Bravo fandom in the US is like overwhelmingly white and suburban. And those are the people that need to hear all of this stuff. And they're going to just fully unfollow you if you never post another funny meme again. Like they're never going to even find their way to your page, you know? So I think it is important. Like this is what I've been telling myself, too, because I've also been I've just been having such a hard time figuring out how to balance that is like if I only posted BLM content from now on, it would reach fewer people that actually need to hear it. You know, I get you. Yeah, 100%. Like I do know, I know my place in the 
uh, Instagram community. Um, but yeah, also like I couldn't just sit there and not, you know, use my platform. Why is someone calling me? Um, <laughs> so you grew up in New Jersey, right? Yeah, I grew up on the Jersey Shore. I grew up in a town called Bayhead, which is literally 98% white. And I don't even know how it's not 100% white because I haven't seen the people that aren't white in Bayhead. Mm. And the town next door to me, Point Pleasant Beach, is like slightly more diverse, but barely. Um, And it just is a really racist place, you know? It's like really racist and there's just no two ways about it and there was this big incident last week where you know it it made a lot of national headlines like this group of black people went to the beach and it was a big group which freaked people out they're pretending it was because of coronavirus but if it was white people no one would have cared and the whole town was texting each other being like there's riots going on on the beach and the boardwalk and all this stuff like the town flipped out and it just was like so frustrating because the mayor talked about it and said take race out of the equation all these people on twitter were talking about it and being like they should have been social distancing and then the next weekend everyone's out at the bar and no one cares because it's white people you know so it's just like yeah, where I grew up, it's a huge problem, and I don't think it's going to be going away anytime soon. It's just so upsetting and disappointing, and just ugh, what's the word like demotivating? You just like you lose hope with some people. It's yeah. the same here with the. Uh, we had like an anti. It was like they were protesting because they were protesting because their right to be racist was taking was being taken away and they were again causing lots of right that's why i love twitter because it's sort of like unfiltered news mm-hmm. i don't watch the nine o'clock news but i doubt that they were showing uh, what these hooligans were doing when they were protecting the statues of uh, these historic <laughs> racists right. um But they were, it definitely wasn't a, I know the term peaceful protest is kind of problematic, but it definitely wasn't one of those. Mm -hmm. Uh, They they were thugs. Uh, Yeah, that was so crazy to watch uh, all those videos. So insane. Gross. And I was like, but everyone told me the UK doesn't have a race problem. Like there must be some mistake. This can't be real. There are facts to say that you know, black mothers die more than white mothers in childbirth and pregnancy. Um, mm-hmm. Black people are more likely to be stopped and searched by police than white people. Black people are significantly more affected by coronavirus than white people. So let's get to the bottom of this and why, you know, figure out why this is. And, you know, that's what I've asked my MP to do. Let's figure this out and uh, address the uh, unconscious bias that's going on. Yeah. Again, I kind of feel, do you ever feel unqualified to talk about it? And you're just like, oh. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, especially just like coming from where I come from. It's like the only reason why I have, if I have a clue about this, the only reason is because I went to like a really diverse university and I worked in a pretty diverse company and I had a lot of like, people educating me along the way just because of proximity. And I know not everybody has that, you know, like I'm lucky from working in media that I've been exposed to a lot of different viewpoints, but my friends who work in like more 
traditional office jobs where you're looking at a spreadsheet all day, you know, they don't really get that same exposure to different viewpoints. And so I just feel like lucky that I got to have all that stuff. But I also feel like I have no idea what I'm talking about as well. (laughs) Yeah. I just wish people would be nice and kind and um, accepting of other people. And uh, yeah, well, hopefully we'll get there in our lifetime. Yeah. So let's talk about um, how the celebrities responded to this. I saw an interesting side by side on Twitter. So Kylie and Selena are two of the, I think they're the biggest, they've got pretty much the same amount of followers, but they're the most followed, followed celebrities on Instagram. And it did a side by side of how each one is using their platform. And Selena had so much content about Black Lives Matter. And then Kylie had, it was just a normal, normal story. But then there was like one black, <laughs> black square, you know, yeah. um, for uh, the, the Blackout Tuesday. Um, so it's interesting to see how they've responded. And I wonder if um, you've noticed uh, like, I don't know what I'm saying. Have you? Have, did you see that celebrity video? Was it for ACLU or something where there was like Julianne Moore and... Uh, it was that eight can't wait campaign, right? Or was it not? It was, I pledge to, let me just get it up. I take responsibility. I take responsibility. And uh, yeah, there were lots of memes made about it. And yeah, that was really cringy. I mean, it's just crazy because you have to wonder what they were thinking when the Imagine thing just happened. Oh, God, yeah. It just happened. And like everybody, it was kind of like the celebs saw their shadow when that happened and they all decided to just retreat into their mansions and not post anymore for the rest of lockdown. And then they did this. It was crazy. And like the black and white filter they put over it like all of it is just so so bad so bad and I don't know I, I get the intention was good uh but yeah really cringe and it made it about them and they were just sort of really indulging it and there were some tweets saying like these these actors have been hauled up in their homes for months and they just really want to act and they yeah. were just really relishing this even the though- acting was so funny <laughs> i know it's like pledge money how about that pledge money I used to say they haven't, but, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think with celebrities, especially right now with what's going on with coronavirus and with all of the protests and everything, I think this is the time to be performative, you know? And I've had sort of like those reservations about my own Instagram. I mean, obviously not that I'm a celebrity. I only have like a thousand followers, but I think that like if being performative means posting that you care about something, I think now is the time to do that because it sort of guilts everybody else into caring, you know? And like, if the celebrities are gonna donate, I think they should tell people that they're donating right now because then other people will feel like, oh, maybe that's something I should do, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. Like, you know, anything that's that's out there to, uh, for the cause is um is a good thing at the end of the day um but yeah shame on kylie jenner i think that, i think that was my point it's just shame on kylie jenner for, uh, yeah. for, for not um pulling her weight more um 
So you are on the comedy circuit, right? You, uh, Molly is is a comedian. I wonder if you've got any experiences of uh, seeing racism in the comedy world. I'm sure there's so much. I think for me, like my eyes wouldn't be open enough to that behind the scenes, which right. is a bad thing for sure. And I definitely need to make sure going forward that I always keep an eye out for that. And the one thing that is always a conversation in comedy is like racist jokes and sexist jokes and things like that. And one thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is people who use like ironic racism in their comedy. Do you know what I'm saying? Like someone who says like Amy Schumer, her first comedy album, it was a lot of racist jokes and it was her saying like, Oh, I'm a dumb white girl making fun of like a dumb white girl who would be racist. And it's like that is valid but it's also getting laughs for racist jokes so it's like where do you draw the line you know yeah that is really interesting um when was that was that a while ago it was probably it was before she got her tv show um yeah her first album is called cutting and it there's a lot of really funny stuff on it but then you know there is like really blatantly racist stuff too and she stopped doing that and she did issue um an apology for it because it kind of came out and bitter when she started to get really big fair play i mean sarah silverman did blackface for saturday saturday night live i can't believe how many tv shows here have had blackface too it was Uh, like there was like a day last week where all of twitter was like this 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 and this tv show got taken off the air because of blackface and it's like what the fuck I know. I mean, Derek, my friend sent me a Snapchat or like you sent me a picture. There are gollywogs on sale in Blackpool Pleasure Beach. What? Like as souvenirs. That's crazy. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah. Racism. The UK is not innocent. Yeah. No country is. I mean, the thing, the biggest thing that I learned growing up was like, Anytime someone says another country is racist or sexist or homophobic, oftentimes they're kind of trying to absolve themselves of any of those things. Like I grew up in New Jersey in the North and people would always say, oh, racism is a Southern thing. Like that's in the South. And then as I got older, I was like, wait, but like everyone around me is racist. (laughs) Like this is so weird. So it's like anytime someone's pointing to another country or region, it's kind of like, it's just a really easy way to not hold yourself accountable. It's like pointed to the extremes. Like, oh, we're not homophobic here. It's like, no, but it's like the microaggressions and the um, systemic stuff. So yeah, like in New Jersey, like, oh, we're not hanging black people from trees. no but it's but you're still scared of a black person and you cross the street when you see them like it's still this yeah yeah it's just yeah it just like manifests itself in different ways you know like like here with the whole I had to check myself because I was like why are so many high profile British people so transphobic like is this a bigger problem here but then I was like it's not a bigger problem it's just manifesting itself differently like with the JK Rowling thing and with like you know all of the really mainstream opinion columns about it it's it's not that it's better or worse than the US it's just that it manifests itself differently it hits different yeah (laughs) (laughs) fucking hell 
grew up in. So what's the the Jersey Shore is is in New Jersey. It's just the coast, right? Yes. 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 Okay. So you grew up in the Jersey Shore. Um, like any contact, any connections with any of the Real Housewives universe? Did you go to oh. school with someone who knew someone who? Um, with the Real Housewives of New Jersey, I have a friend who has snuck into the background of several episodes. Love. <laughs> God, I would. Um, they're kind of from up north, so I don't know them as much. Oh. But in the scene in the most recent season where Danielle is talking to Melissa, that was like in my town, in the town where I grew up, and it was like three blocks from my house. They're at this like smoothie shop talking yep. to each other, which I was so surprised that my town let that happen because they're normally so snobby about stuff like that. Um, yeah, I don't really know any of them Personally, though, no. I've only met the New York girls. I've met a few of them, but not the Jersey girls. Ramona and Sonia and Dorinda. Do you have any tea? Are you allowed to say anything? Did you have to sign NDAs? I did not. I did not have to sign NDAs. They were all nice. Sonia, when I met her, she was like, this was before I knew that she liked to drink. <sighs> and I met her at this like event. It was a some kind of restaurant opening. I This was like peak, like insane 2000s excess when I was working at the New York Observer and I got invited to all these insane events that were super expensive and crazy. And I would just like be around celebrities all the time. And it was, I didn't know how lucky I was, but also it would just horrify me every night how wasteful and expensive these events were for literally no reason. But so I'm at one of these events and I saw Sonia and she was with this guy and she had two interns with her and it was during her like toaster oven era and her caberlesque era and she and this guy that she was with they just ranted at me for like 15 minutes and i basically published her whole conversation verbatim because it was just so weird and i was like if i edit any of this they're gonna say it was taken out of context and i have a recording so it's all legit so i'm just gonna publish all of it and they did i mean sonia tweeted the story like three months later and was like love this even though she looked completely insane in it and then the guy she was with tweeted the story and was like this is all lies it's not real blah 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 and i, I was like i have the recording like you're insane sonia's so funny on social media like i tagged her the other day in a story and then she like reposted it with like random gifts like tagging random people and i think i don't actually think she looks at the content she just sees that she's been tagged and, yeah. yeah well i did a rewatch of new york um like earlier in quarantine and there was this one line that one of them says like Sonia you could write the meanest thing about Sonia in page six and she would retweet it like this is amazing and I was like oh my god that's so true like it literally <laughs> happened I mean I didn't write anything mean about her she just seemed she just came off like an insane person but she loved it any press all press is good press in Sonia Morgan's eyes yeah uh, how did you get into comedy when did you realize you were a funny person I still haven't really realized that I'm a funny person. <laughs> See, that's funny. I, thanks. <laughs> I want to be one. Honestly, like when I was little, I felt really ugly and I was like, I better get funny. <laughs> I swear to God, that was it. And, and I was like, I, it feels really good to me when I make people laugh and I look 
horrible. I really had a terrible, awkward stage for like my entire life. And so I was like, I better get funny. And then I wanted to get into TV and film. Um, And I looked into like when I was in college and a little bit after college, I would always look into like auditioning for things um, like student productions and stuff. But the scripts and everything would always just be so cringe. They would just be so bad. And I was like, how am I going to break into entertainment without having to work on this like terrible stuff, this like schlocky, awful stuff. So then I read this book called We Killed and it's all about women in comedy. You would probably love it. It's really good. It's like an oral history of women in comedy dating back to like the 50s. Let me add this to my Goodreads app. It's so good. It starts with like Phyllis Diller and Joan Rivers and I read it and like midway through reading it, it occurred to me like I was like, oh, this is this is it. Like, I just would have to write my own jokes and perform it myself. I have complete control over it. I don't have to rely on anybody else. So that was like kind of how it started. I love it. It's fitting that you've got a podcast called Diva Behavior because you were a diva even starting out. Like, I, I am know, not associating so my name with that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so true. Whereas, like, yeah, I don't know. I've done stuff as. I had a foray into acting as a child and I like know, I've, and I I've done some that. stuff that, uh, that you probably would have turned down. I wanted to be a child actor, but no one would let me because I was too ugly. But there's always an ugly role. Like <laughs> I know, that's what I wish I knew, Joe. If I really like looked and was like, oh, there's character actors in the world. Like everyone doesn't have to be like Scarlett Johansson. I would have like really had the confidence earlier on to get into performing. It's just, you know, you you feel like like being an actor or entertainer means being a movie star and being flawless, you know? I was always the bully victim or the like shy retiring, like and it brother of someone Aww. like yeah like I could say from an early age or like like when I was younger just the cute one and like I don't know I just sort of knew my place and, do you have uh, a real I don't know because I don't you know I, I didn't really I was acting from like age nine to like 16 17 and I don't know I just ne- never really got to the stage of putting a reel together or anything. You just had so many offers that you never needed to. Not offer. Well, actually, like a couple offers, like from where like I'd worked with them, and they just knew that I would work for this. So they, yeah. So I guess I have been, but like, uh, but no, yeah. like, uh, like so many auditions, and then you do, you only get. Uh, I don't know. You go on thousands of auditions, but you don't get thousands of parts. You know. So yeah. I, do you ever want to get back into it? My mum's trying to get me to. Um, only because I found a clip online um, on YouTube that, uh, of something I did. And I don't know, I just got like nostalgic about it. And I was like, oh, maybe I should sort of go back into it. But I don't know, I like having a monthly paycheck and yeah. um, the, the security of that, even though it's up in the air at the moment. Well, Pun intended. Yeah, pun pun intended. <laughs> I'm cabin crew. <laughs> uh, so hopefully my job's still there, but we shall see. Um, and yeah, but oh, I don't know. Basically, no is my answer. And I'm, fa- I'm fine with that. I've had my time in the sun. I had my uh, Carol Radzeville five good summers. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm in the winter of my discontent. Um, <laughs> so you moved to the UK to do a master's degree. Is uh, are you still doing that? Did you wrap it up or? I'm done. You're done. It's like the friggin' timing of my life is so annoying. It's obviously there are bigger problems in the world, but like, you know, when I finished my undergrad, it was, 
deep in the worst recession of all time. Then like I came here to do the masters and as soon as I'm done, freaking COVID lockdown start. And I also got my work visa literally a week before lockdowns. So I finally was able to work in the UK and everything shut down. I do work for home for for like um, work from home for American companies. Like I still freelance Amazing. and everything, but it's just like I was like, oh my god, finally I'm gonna get out of my freaking house. Like I've been working from home, in addition to doing the masters for probably four years now, and I hate it. I hate it so much. I've always hated it. Whenever people are like, I want to work from home, I'm like, no, you have no idea how depressing it is. And then as soon as I get the opportunity to finally stop. Everyone has to You're know. Like, work from get home. me in a Starbucks apron ASAP. Yeah, <laughs> literally, I would literally do that right now. Oh I my god, that's like would. actually my plan B. Like, if I get made redundant, I'm gonna be sending off my applications because I feel like my I've always known that I'm gonna have a Starbucks era in my life, mm-hmm. and so I think um, my time could be coming. So you studied film in the UK, right? Yeah, I did screenwriting. Yeah, was that fun? It was good. Yeah, I really liked it. It kind of forced me to finish a few projects that I had been working on. But now I'm just kind of trying to get an agent and representation so that I can actually start doing work. And my big like goal was to do this Fringe show this year. And then Fringe got canceled because I was like I was doing a diva behavior Fringe show and it got approved to go into a pretty good venue as part of the free festival. And I was like, this is perfect. Like, I'm going to invite agents to like watch it and everything. And it freaking got canceled another like piece of terrible timing. So I'm like, oh my God, this is just never gonna happen for me. And now I, you know, I haven't performed since the lockdown started because I just can't do the Zoom comedy thing. It terrifies me. That's happening, is it? Yeah, a lot of people are doing Zoom comedy and I'm like, I just can't face having a joke bomb on Zoom. (laughs) I just can't do it, like. Yeah. And I don't know who's watching it also. Like they, my drag queen friend, drag queens have this thing called stage it, which they go on, and um, I guess yeah, people pay to then come and watch it on on like a Zoom kind of situation, um, like digital drag festivals and stuff, which is amazing. But yeah, must be uh, definitely a challenge. Uh, so, have you had any um, young actors like reject your scripts when you're doing your student? Co- no, <laughs> I was there. lucky enough not to be involved in that process. <laughs> I had I only wrote one short that actually got made, and um, it was like basically all the casting and everything was already figured out before I wrote it. Amazing! Is it on YouTube or Vimeo? Or I don't think it is. I think the the girl who directed it wanted to enter it in some festivals before she made it public but it was okay cute. watch this space can't wait yeah. to see that what's next for molly Molshine? oh my god literally just working out <laughs> until the lockdowns end there's nothing else to do Right. I mean, by the way, like, yeah, we've all had our ugly duckling phase, but it's hard to believe it. I'm looking at this gorgeous blonde bombshell on my screen and it's just, you couldn't even, I can't even imagine what you're I'm turning into an ombre bombshell because I can't get my roots done. Talk about hair. I did the whole shave. I did the shaving thing. Um, So this is where it's grown back to. And I just honestly, I cannot wait for my, I'm looking very... um, it looks nice. Uh, Anne Hathaway and Les Mis. 
um, thank you, but uh, I disagree with you. So, so I can't wait to get it cut. I guess the hairdressers can open in July. So I don't know. I've, I've booked. Yeah, thank I've, God. I can't wait. Cannot wait. And I've actually yeah. seen a grey, like one grey hair. So I, I feel like that's. I'm going to blame COVID for that. Oh no! <laughs> Premature greying. Is really hard it's hard to focus it's hard to like be funny right now I've been you know I think I'm sure you probably have gone through this too of like feeling like you're not being productive enough in the lockdown and feeling like oh my god I have all this time but you just can't think of anything and it's just so so frustrating but so I've just been working out my boyfriend got a peloton so I've oh been <laughs> reaping the benefits of that it's it's pretty amazing I've Definitely wasn't one of the people that made fun of the commercial. And now I'm really glad I didn't, <laughs> that I didn't make fun of the commercial because it's the best thing ever. It was a funny commercial. And I feel like, was it Ryan Reynolds did something and did like a comeback to it or something? I yeah. Oh, was that this year? Fucking hell. I think it was. <laughs> it, it was. I really feel like we all died. Like everything just ended and we're in purgatory. It's that. Are you watching Beverly Hills this season? No, I started watching it in the beginning, but it was like a little too depressing for me. Oh, like season one, you had, you were starting. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Like Kim Richards made me so sad that I just could, like couldn't deal. Oh, bless. Well, you know, I wouldn't continue watching that because one of the husbands kills himself. So. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, you know what's great in the UK? Whenever something like that happens, you guys tend to have like a national conversation about whether reality TV is exploitative. Whereas in the US, that like didn't even make a blip. Like I knew about it only because I follow a lot of celebrity gossip, but the larger world just does not give a shit. Yeah, so you're watching, were you doing a, yeah, how was your New Jersey deep dive going? Because when I was on your podcast, you had just sort of got got back to the beginning episodes. Are you like all wrapped up now? You caught up? Yeah, I'm done with the Jersey deep dive. And now I did a New York one, which was very rewarding. It was great. It really just consumed my life for a few weeks. What a gift. And there's so many nuggets that you, because we remember like the main events, but we don't remember these little, the small little um, funny bits that yeah. oh, it's just, yeah, they're pure gold. Um, I think this season is a bit of a dud and I feel like it's uh, running itself into the ground. I agree. It's like dueling alcoholics. It's like, yeah. oh my God, we had to add another alcoholic to this show. It's crazy. It is uh truly uh problematic and also quite boring like Mm -hmm. i just and also talking of uh racism new york city is so uh cosmopolitan and it's all the cast are white you know luann would tell you otherwise that she's biracial because of her native american roots but um oh yeah that's crazy she's been stopping doing that i think someone probably when the whole elizabeth warren thing was going on someone was like lou you gotta cut it out with the part Native American talk. (laughs) There is like a real phenomenon of white people doing that in the US. It's really weird. It's like everyone knows a kid they grew up with who's like, oh yeah, well I'm part Native American. And you're just like, are you? I don't don't think you are. It's so weird. So weird. Yeah, but yeah, it's been weird to see also all of the housewives sort of evolving in real time on the Black Lives Matter issue. Yeah, I'm. Uh, Bravo's got a lot of work to do. Um, 
they need to uh, definitely include more uh, black people in their casts and also yeah. uh, I don't know I can't like, I can't believe we ignored Luan doing blackface in 2017 I know like I can't believe I said about myself like I'm sort of ashamed of myself that I didn't kick up more of a fuss and uh, write some emails and say you know she can't get away with this but she did and I don't know yeah. where we go from here do we fire her retrospectively uh, or, or do we just uh, stick with what we've got and then I can't I just can't believe um, King Zolciak spin-off is coming back for another season in July like I hope that doesn't happen Oh, she's the worst. Oh, the worst. Like She ruined Atlanta for me. Like, I stopped yeah. watching it in the beginning. But I was thinking I'm going to do a rewatch just whenever she stops being on the show. Is she still on it? No, no. She's just still employed by Bravo because of her yeah. dopey tardy um, show, which I've never seen a second of, and I don't plan to. Yeah, I just um, can't understand how she has... I just uh, I just watched season six of New Jersey because it's the only blind spot I had because I knew it was a, a bad season just because of what people have said about it. But oh, I was that going with Siggy and the twins? The Siggy isn't in there yet, but the twins are there. It's the twins and Amber. And it's just, if it doesn't feel like New Jersey, it feels like a completely different show. And it's, yeah. it's kind of weird. Very Amber's dark. so weird. Have you done like any Googling on her husband? No. He's a real... Te- his oh my Google God, results they, are terrible. Didn't they disown... They cut their son off when he came out, I yes. think. He, like, Trash. doesn't believe in people being gay. Which is, is a shame because I thought he was kind of cute until he turned out to be a total douchebag. Yeah. Yeah, very weird season. Um. So... Yeah, God, I don't know what I'm feeling a bit funny this week. Sorry, Molly, like you haven't got me at my best moment. Oh I don't know whether God, I have no. the uh, my antidepressants aren't leveling out in my brain or something. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, kick in, sertraline. All of this stuff, like yeah, this yeah. lockdown and everything. I swear to God, it's so hard to be normal. It's <laughs> yeah, like, it like you feel totally normal for like an hour, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, like I may never see my family again. Like it's just. It's so hard. I think anyone who is being creative during this time, it's like, it's great. Don't even get me started on my family. My brother went to a house party, like, uh, probably like uh, six weeks ago. And I was just so irate that I just, I went full Facebook mom and I did a Facebook status. And I just said, can everyone who reads this, uh, I want angry reacts only just to get a message through to my brother. And it fully blew up and there was this whole wow I got like he got so angry in the comments he called me every name under the sun <laughs> I had someone who I did an Edinburgh Fringe show with like years ago call me a cunt <laughs> like <gasps> what an utter cunt you are Joe and I was like oh okay person that I barely remember that I literally performed with in an Edinburgh Fringe show that's <laughs> like, so weird um, yeah how people like come out but like I only did it to like make a statement it did make a statement and you know caused a debate and started a conversation but I've just been so on top of maintaining my social distancing wearing my masks and um making sure like i haven't seen other people apart from my flatmate and like i've been on a couple of socially distanced walks with my mom and you know the people that work at asda like those are the only social interactions i've had yeah Um, so and it frustrates me when people just think they could just take liberties and they feel like they're above I don't know it's not the law but like the rules whatever yeah. and uh, it's just I feel like everyone is just 
obviously the government is a lot to blame with their, their confusing advice and people don't really know what to do but yeah, yeah it's wild to watch in the u.s all the states are just reopening like as if nothing's going on it's so crazy half of the people in the u.s are like oh the second wave is happening now and it's like no you're still in the first wave like it's literally yeah. still the first wave it's no, just sweetie you're, you're still in the first wave. <laughs> yeah it's really crazy to watch uh what a time to be alive Anyway, I don't know. I feel like um, I'm not being very useful today. Right. Okay. Let me just, <laughs> let me start a soundbite here. Molly, do you have anything going on that you want to promote right now? Oh, yes. I'm going to be relaunching my podcast because as I mentioned, I haven't been really updating it since lockdowns just because of the whole like brain fog and fuzz of everything. Um, so I'm going to be like relaunching it in a way that is more informative and less conversation based. So if everybody could just subscribe to Diva Behavior, that would be great. This and is an instruction to all 200 of you. <laughs> Go on to Apple Podcasts, search Diva Behavior, subscribe, rate five stars, and enjoy. Stick it on while you're doing the cooking, while you're driving. It's a, it's a really fun podcast. Um, and oh, don't just listen you. to my episode, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, so when you say informative, are you going to start getting a bit more political or sort of looking at it from a diva's perspective? Definitely, probably a little more political, even though it's already been pretty political but I think it's just trying to kind of get the point across a little bit more which is that diva accusations are a tool that's used to suppress women and silence women because I think that point wasn't really getting across in a lot of my past episodes so I need to kind of take another I, I need to make it a little bit more uh, obvious that that's the point and Preach. I might do an online version of the fringe show even though I said I'm not doing zoom comedy I would do like a show that I, the, a version of the show that I was going to do amazing do it and yeah, uh, yeah uh, look at stage it and like charge people ten dollars to come and watch your show I'll be there yes um, get, yeah get me in there in that zoom call um all right, Molly. Um, I, sorry, I've been really shit host this week. You're um, not at all. You've been like all these questions and everything. It's so like well organized. You're doing great. It's way better than when you were on mine. And I was like, so Mariah Carey. <laughs> no, you had like full articles all ready to go. And I was just like, hmm, I don't even know anything about her. Um, but also I was like so quiet on your podcast. And I'm so sorry. Like, because now that I've been editing podcasts and I like can appreciate what the struggles of editing and audio and levels and stuff oh, yeah, you and have I was to, like, like scream whispering into that into that <laughs> microphone well, uh, that was part of my other issue is I was like so many of my not because of you but in general I don't know how to set up two microphones so whenever I had two people it would be like sharing one microphone and whenever I did like a Skype interview it came out sounding like crap so I just I, that's part of also why I took a little hiatus I don't know what I'm going to do when uh, social distancing ends and I actually have to record in real life with people. I don't know if we're going to be like sharing this, this little thing. Right. But yours sounds really good. I didn't realize you were on, like I heard you say on one of the episodes that you're using this little mic and I was yeah. like, oh my God, it sounds so good. Well, you know, props to Apple, made by Apple in California. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Bare Minimum. I really hope you've enjoyed it. And I really hope you go and subscribe and rate five stars. Uh, from Molly and I, we'd like to say goodbye.
Bye. <laughs> <laughs> weird? What Did the, I sound weird? No, what I sounded bloody weird. I'm having, a, I'm having a weird day. And there we go, guys. It's time for me to get in bed. This has been fun.